I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. A podcast from two brothers who watch movies and talk about them after their families go to bed. And on this week's episode, we've got not one movie, but our collective top 10. (laughs) It's not quite 20, but it's our top 10s, our two top 10 lists from all of the movies of 2021. We're taking a look back at the last year in movies and uh, letting you all know our favorites and hopefully giving you some great recommendations. We're taking a look back at the highs, the lows. I mean, mostly just highs, actually. Of uh, We're avoiding the lows. Movies in a post-pandemic world. And, and current uh, pandemic world. <laughs> but if we're also being honest... You could just go watch Succession, and you'd be pretty, pretty happy and successful. Succession is better than every one of these movies on our list. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Movies While I Sleep. <laughs> uh, let's cut to our conversation uh, about our top ten movies of the year already in progress. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. <laughs> YouTube is the death of us it, all. It's yeah, it is. If not Spotify, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I pointed out the whole Amazon. Yes, thing, yes, and and that, and now I'm seeing like legit Twitter comedians I, I know. making that joke I know. today, I know. and I'm like, dude, my Twitter game is top tier I know. and and no one appreciates it i have Mitchell, such a small great. little following what i want from you is to get for you to get a viral tweet and then do the thing where you post the thing you're promoting and that had better be this podcast okay it's the podcast <laughs> by the hey guys uh, by the way by I the do way have a podcast. <laughs> if you want more conversational tweets uh, yeah well speaking of the podcast uh, so what we got on the on the yeah i know this today? is a fun episode this is a little uh, kind of a break from our typical fair. You know, our New Year's resolution for us, for me, for the pod, 2022, is have a little more fun. Yeah. Have a little bit more fun on the pod. You know, we do this thing. We watched this movie this week. This is what we thought about it. Blah, blah, blah. Sure, there's going to be some of that this year. But you know what? Every once in a while, we're going to break in and just let loose. Loosen the tie a bit. And have some freaking fun on the yeah, pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that crime? Yeah, we're gonna have some fun. So today, our fun is to look back at the previous year of movies, and it's like it's a weird thing because today, we're, as we're recording, it's the first day of February. Twenty twenty one is long gone, but the way these things work, a lot of these aren't really available till late in the year or early in the next year. And we're in the middle of award season, so this is these are a lot of the movies that are being discussed still as nominations are coming out, as the award shows are going on. Uh, unfortunately, probably a lot of you have not seen. At least a couple of these. And that is the strangeness and beauty of this episode of the podcast, because we are not going to talk at length about these movies. Uh, I imagine a couple of these we have already talked at length about on episodes of this podcast. Uh, so go 100%. check those out. But this, Confirmed. this is like, hey, here's 10 movies that are awesome. 
and a lot of them are becoming available because we've both seen them and we'll kind of point you in the direction of where you can get them but if you're looking for stuff i it's so funny megan and i was like so megan asked me today what's what's your top 10 and i went through it and she says well i haven't seen a single one of those and she (laughs) (laughs) and she hadn't heard of most of them either i mean she had heard of them because i'd like hey i'm gonna go see this movie or whatever uh, she's like, do you think I would like any of them? And I, you know, I think there are some on here that I, I that she would like. So we're gonna we're gonna catch some of them. But um, yeah, it was just that funny. That's amazing. It was that funny moment of she's like, well, I haven't seen any of those. And we and we don't watch. She doesn't watch a ton of movies, but she's like, must be nice. The <laughs> world you're living in, <laughs> <laughs> which we are very happy in our Succession rewatch right now. So uh, we're, yeah. we're we're enjoying that. Honestly, Succession's better than every one of these movies. <laughs> Probably. (laughs) (laughs) The feelings I have when watching Succession blow every other movie out of the water. And I got to tell you, if you're a a fan of Succession and looking for something to do as we wait for the next season, watch all three of them as a binge. It really works as a binge because the time compression between the episodes is so... like, Like, the events... There are things that are happening in season three that were set in motion in season one. And if you just watched it yeah. as they were going on, you kind of you kind of get that. But like to watch it over a few weeks, you're like, oh, my gosh, they're still he's still dealing with the fallout of this decision that yeah. one of his dumb kids made. It, yeah. It's, it's so good. perfect the way they're doing it. Yeah. Like it's so bingeable, but then it's so fun to be in the discourse every week. Yes. With episodes drop. Absolutely. Time. Yeah. So feels like it's 2007 again. Okay. All right. Speaking this is, of, this is uh, how we're going to do this. We're going to take turns. We'll go back and forth starting at our number tens. Uh, and more number our, tens all the way up. And work our way up. And if say your number ten is my number five, then I'll just say that, and we don't have to talk about it right. twice. Okay. Um, right. And do you have? Do you want to do honorable mentions now or at the end? Let's do them at the end. Let, let's let's do them at the end. Yeah. Let's do them at the end. Yeah. Because <clears throat> yeah, we don't want to give much time, and we'll probably be tired of talking by then. Yeah. Um, so we're talking top 10 movies of 2021. There's going to be plenty of overlap. I'm nervous. Plenty of overlap on our lists. Uh, My list could change even as we speak. I'm locked in. I've made enough changes on this. However, I reserve the right to change this I, tomorrow. I, I posted mine to Letterboxd and then had since made changes. Oh, I made gosh. changes today even. Yeah. I, I, I mine know. is still a private list on Letterboxd. Uh, and it, it's going to go. It, I'm going to post it and it'll be out there. And I made a last-minute emotional change that I might regret, wow. but I'm fine. Wow. All right. Um, well, how about I kick us off? Yeah, let's go. What's your number 10, we'll Mitchell? Bounce back. Number 10, I'm going Space Jam 2. Boo. No, you are not. <laughs> you didn't even watch that movie. <laughs> I did not watch that movie. I just wanted some cringe from some friends. Okay, number 10. You know, I had this higher, and it slipped down. It's still great. I actually watched it for the first time in the way it was meant to be seen, you know, visibly, and that is Pig. <laughs> oh, that's right. You, you, I, have some history, I have some history with this movie. You went back and rewatched Pig. Yeah, rewatch Pig. Yeah, did we? Did we do an episode? About we Pig? did an we episode did. on Pig. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah we don't need to talk too much about it, but I, my movie going experience, the projector was broken or bad yeah. settings, yeah. and it was very very dark. Yeah. I couldn't even tell he was bleeding when someone asked him, "Do you need medical <laughs> attention?" So I saw it how it was meant to be seen, and uh, very good. Yeah. But it slipped down a couple ranks. Yeah. So I'm clocking Pig at number ten. Yeah. So Pig is streaming on Hulu now. Uh, is that right? Streaming on Hulu. Star- yeah, Hulu starring Nicolas Cage. I know, it's so good. Which, I mean, whatever you think about him, you're going to have a, f- a fun time yeah. with the Nick Cage movie, yeah. no matter what. Yeah, Pig is not in my top ten. Uh, this was in my top ten for a long time, and it just recently slipped out. So, But highly Dang. recommend. Pig is slipping in the power ranks. Highly and to be fair, recommend. To be fair, you have seen a lot more movies this year than I have. Yeah, You've seen fine. what's your what's your twenty twenty one movie like? Not how many you watched this year, but how many movies that came out this year? Yeah, from how many movies from twenty twenty one have I seen? Yeah, I can tell you. Yeah. I can tell you that exactly. Um, it is. Oh, I know you can. <laughs> it is seventy. So I caught seventy films from twenty twenty one. How'd you lock that in so fast? Uh, on Letterbox Stats. I went to all time. Oh, you had the stats because you're the, the you're the like patron. Oh, interesting. I'm not I'm I'm not patron level. I think, uh, but yeah. Or, or you're you're something. You're pro. You gave it to something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it does the it shows every year in movie history, and then you could just click on how, and it shows you how many of that particular year you've logged. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've seen, I think like twenty eight. Okay. So no. Thir- sorry. Th- Thirty movies. That were released in 2020. Yeah, that's pretty good. And yours was what? 770. <laughs> okay, but like, so more than double. I, you know, like I watched Malignant this weekend. Like, you know, I'm watching whatever. Which, by the way, Mitchell, you got to watch Malignant. Okay. Really? Uh, that's a rare horror movie wreck from you. All right. I mean, we probably cut some of this, but you've convinced me to watch Malignant. <laughs> so, well, seriously, it's so good. Okay. Uh, Might have to edit this episode, but. <clears throat> But either way, so you've seen 70, some, I've seen 30, and we'll talk about some honorary mentions and stuff we haven't seen. But kicking off the list, number 10 for me, Pig. Pig, I like it. Okay, my number 10 for 2021 is Spencer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought this would have been higher on your list. It was higher for a long time, but I went with some emotional choices at the last minute and switched things around. And, you know, honestly, like my numbers, you know, four through 10, you know, they're just all on a level together. <laughs> Literally, four th- my top four are locked in 100%. Five, five through 10, I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. They're, they're all on a level together. Whatever. But uh, Spencer, is Spencer on your top 10? Spencer is my number eight. Yeah, Spencer's your number so eight. So Spencer two dropped dropped down a bit. I when we first saw it, kind of walked out being like, "That was good, mm-hmm. not my favorite," but it's kind of been this uh, green night overgrowth in my brain since I saw it. Like like it's been creeping on me for a while, and I I do want to rewatch it, and I want to watch it with Sarah because mm-hmm. I know she'll she'll probably enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was just. So he, he talk about it a little bit though. You no, know, I, 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 and we didn't do an episode on this. It's the Diana movie. It's the Princess Diana movie. And what I was so struck by is that it's such a internal kind of psychosis storytelling. It's so about 
what's happening to Diana over this three-day weekend, basically over a holiday, and it's all right here. It's all, I mean, I mean, I and I think visually that's, you know, the, the close-ups of Kristen Stewart, but they just get so deep into her psyche and mm-hmm. uh, and it's so much this performance of Kristen Stewart, but it's not. It's the performance is amazing, but the, the I feel like every aspect of the filmmaking is getting you in there with her, and right and and like to the point of like, I guess the queen is in the movie. Like maybe there's a shot or two of her, right? Like, I, right? Maybe she ha- it, has a conversation. I don't even. She might have a line, but like every it's it, it's very condensed espresso yeah it's like a bottle episode of a movie yeah you know it's not a vast giant story they're trying to no you know contain and and capture here this is this is we just are exploring the psyche of diana over a few days as far as biopics go it's a refreshing structure yes yeah and and i think we've had that similar conversation of uh, for me if i'm watching a biopic what i want is there to be a unique kind of hook to it or a unique structure or whatever it is so um spencer yeah. is on vod the christian stewart performance is so good the johnny greenwood score is incredible um it's it's intense and it, it yeah the score johnny greenwood's having a year yeah but I, but i think having a major year spencer to me evokes a lot of what i think uh, horror movies try to do like it feels like a horror movie to me and right with with no violence or anything like that and it's just kind of this insane thing I, and i like definitely one of the better looking movies of the year yeah too. yeah and it's gorgeous so that's that's my number yeah. 10 spencer um your number nine mitchell number nine i'm going come on come on come on come on walking phoenix yeah walking phoenix and who's the director again he did uh what's mike mills Mike Mills, Mike Mills, who did one of my favorite things from 2019, which is a Hall of Fame movie year. He did the extended music video with The National, oh, did like right. a visual album yeah. sort of thing with them, which yep. like if you haven't seen it, it's just on YouTube and it's amazing. Yeah. So this is kind of him expanding on what felt like that aesthetic of like childhood mm-hmm. and, you know, parent-child relationship and dynamics and... um all that good stuff. But yeah, that's clocking in at number nine for me. I really enjoyed it. Really like the look of it. I think I like obviously as a as a dad, yeah. Watching like what what was what I thought was a much better uh kid performance than normal. Mm-hmm. Like usually kid performances are a, a little rough, but this one was felt really good. Really yeah, I know I noticed you recently days. rewatched Marriage Story. And the kid in that movie, that, is that kid sucks. Terrible. Yeah, I, I love Marriage Story, but that kid is uh, the worst. I I know. I was thinking the whole time, I was like, this would be five stars if this kid wasn't yeah. walking around in here. Yeah. But the, yeah, this kid, uh, I don't know, ca- captures the the chaos a little better. Yeah. Like, like, I don't but know. he's not annoying. No, he's not annoying. But just ha- just. Uh, there, there's like a psychology they're tapping into yeah. that felt, rings rings really true, uh, super emotional. Yeah. But uh, I think it's number nine on my list because at the end of the day, it was just starting to feel like a This American Life episode. Yeah, this one it actually did drop out of my top ten. Um, mm. So this is an, and I, again, 
love this movie think it's really good and this again made, I just made some emotional changes at the end and I agree with you that they're it, it, it's just kind of a lighter movie um, and, yeah like it has this this uh, kind of swaying mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's a good rhythm that's a, to yeah. it that's a good image where it's like yeah where it's a lot of like oh great acting and mm-hmm. moments with this kid and Joaquin Phoenix and then cut to Joaquin either interviewing other kids yeah. for his like podcast or him just narrating over. Yeah. And it's just like that the entire movie. Yeah. And so it, it felt sometimes it didn't feel like a movie, but more of a project. No, which I guess kind of would make sense for Mike Mills. Yeah. And I know uh, we're planning on doing an episode on come on, come on. So we don't have to kind of belabor this point. We'll, we'll talk a lot more about this movie because I have plenty to say about it. I think it it really did spark a lot in me um, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to talk about it. But uh, yeah, just kind of dropped out of my top 10. So that's your number nine. Um, and it's a, nine. and it's a beautiful movie. It, it really is. Um, yeah. And that one is uh, available to rent or buy on VOD. Um, as of this week, it's expensive right now. <laughs> I, I do think they dropped the price. Um, oh, of course, right after we watch I, it. I know, I know. Um, all right, my number nine. This was like a big emotional, like last minute. This this movie. Dang. So this movie, maybe more than any of these on this list, except probably my number one, like has stuck with me, and this just like kind of got itself into my brain, and has stuck with me since I've seen it, and I have not been able to shake okay. it. Okay. My number nine is Nightmare Alley. Wow. I okay. love this Interesting. movie. Okay. I did not see this. I, you haven't seen it yet. As of today, it is on HBO Max and Hulu. Um, and this is the Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Willem Dafoe, 1930s carnival, you know, uh, very strange, wicked tale from Guillermo del Toro. And right. I was not really looking forward to this movie for for a long time because I did not like Del Toro's last movie. I did not like The Shape of Water. Uh, right. And, Same. And and I was kind of. But we we stand we stand pants up. Yeah, I know, and I think he's a great filmmaker. And um, I, I in fact watched uh, his first Hellboy movie last week, uh, which is like you know Pacific Rim isn't terrible. I haven't seen it. I I want to check it out. Like. I, I'm watch it. I'm all in on this guy. It's the first one's not terrible. No, I, I know. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So, anyways, Nightmare Alley's Del Toro's new movie, and I like it's such a visual feast of this carnival. Mm. It is, and I don't even care that like the ending is telegraphed like 45 minutes in, and you can basically kind of get to it. Doesn't matter. Like. It's right. it's so just neatly constructed and the Bradley Cooper character is just really fascinating to me and it, it, Bradley Cooper and it, I know and he's it's so just, good. it's nice to have a it's nice to have movie stars around I know and he looks like a movie star he looks like Indiana Jones in a fedora like in the 30s in this movie Willem Dafoe is amazing God, can we have oh god I know. Defoe. I know. I know. But it is, it's also like dark and twisted. I mean, like he's at a carnival in which there is an actual geek, you know, this, this one of these performers who's biting the heads off of chickens in front of people. And... Can we have fun at the movies <laughs> and have them be competently made? 
and, it, is and that's that okay? and that's how I feel. It is extraordinarily beautiful. Um, the 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 story is just this kind of wicked. It's all really about like wickedness and the depravity of man, and. And I, I think his his narrative structure is really neat in that like the first half of the movie is the carnival, the second half of the movie is this entirely different thing, and Kate Blanchett shows up and really lifts the movie in a nice way, and uh, I, I just I like I love this a lot, and I have really not been able to stop thinking about it since I seen it, and again this was another did you see it in theaters I saw it in theaters and this was a very bad theater experience the yellow light mm. and. I, I oh, feel right. like that really I, I see, that really affected and similar to you with Pig that really affected my impression of the movie and because I was like I was so angry like as soon as the this yellow tint happened to the film I was pissed and because I was like because right. this is like Pig is is not I, I would not say like go see Pig because of the beautiful cinematography I mean it's nice to look at totally but like. Del Toro is like reconstructing so faithfully these these kind of iconic like you images. Said, it's a visual feast. Yeah, uh, of like these freak show carnivals from the 30s and stuff. I mean, it's incredible, and and it when it looks like crap, it's like no, nah, that's not what this guy's vision was. This is not supposed to look like this. Right. And I, I and they've been doing a lot of like kind of uh, awards push for this. So like I said, I listened to an interview with Del Toro and just his process and his kind of passions coming out in this and i i don't know nightmare alley man yeah it's a twisted movie but like it's it's something to watch um and i don't Did you have you rewatched it since i started to rewatch it today and i was like all in and you're like all yeah right. this is so see good. Uh, it, it's so it's so curious the circumstance yeah from which we see these movies and how much that means to their placement on the list yeah like i know for me some of these is like oh but that was such a great movie going experience yeah. or whatever or like you and me and tony seeing spencer, spencer in yes. tower in tower theater and sack and just having like an amazing night it's yeah. like when i every right, time i, I think I, about spencer just, I just think for about my that. fondness of yeah just for my fondness of that night it's yeah. going higher on the list yeah yeah and and i you know and maybe i don't know what it says about me that i basically took off come on come on which is this like lighthearted, uplifting movie and and replaced it with something called nightmare alley but you know here we are <laughs> i know uh, come on come on was just a little too um pleasant yeah well, it's i mean it's I dark it. it's so good <clears throat> uh yeah. boy all of my movies are just on the dark side uh, now that i'm looking at it oh lord that's that's movies, baby. That's okay. All right. That's movies in 2022. What's your number eight? Number eight was Spencer. Okay, your so, number eight was Spencer. Yeah, already knocked that out. My number eight was a, a kind of a last-minute ad because it just became available on Amazon Prime. This is the Ashgar Farhadi Iranian film, A Hero, uh, which, again, like, have you ever seen a Farhadi movie? No. No. Uh, so, I mean, he's just, like, Top tier. And I've not seen this. You you just told me to watch this yeah. a week ago. He is, you know, top tier director over the last ten or so years. He did a, a really big movie about eleven about ten ten years ago called A Separation. Um, but mm-hmm. he's worked with like Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz and did a Spanish language film a couple years ago. Just incredible director. And you know, inexplicably, Amazon Prime is like, hey, we've got our big new movie this week is an Iranian film from Ashgar Farhadi, which I, I don't think is like really hitting most of the target audience for Amazon Prime users. But um, 
it it's so good and i i was and i i knew it was going to be good but i could not get over how impressive this was it's this really grounded human parable and and the premise is i mean because i do i think people should go check this movie i think it's really worth watching um it's about this guy who is basically in a debtor's prison in iran which is they still exist he owes he owes some creditor a bunch of money mm-hmm. and so he's in prison right and he can apply for like you know weekend leave from prison to go visit his family it's not that it's not like this maximum security situation because he's a violent criminal and right. he basically somehow has found a, a purse with a bunch of gold coins and he kind of he's got this girlfriend who's kind of secret because he's divorced uh, and they've kind of got this idea that they're going to sell these coins and they're going to use that to pay a bunch of his debt and try and get him out of prison. And the, the movie kind of goes from there. And the brilliance of the movie is basically that's that's this kind of inciting moment is him kind of trying to get out of prison. Um, and, and, right. and, and a lot of that, a lot of what he hopes for doesn't pan out. And everything spirals out in very realistic, grounded human ways. The ways you know, there's this quote from the movie where he's kind of getting caught in some lies, and he says, "I I didn't lie, I didn't lie." And the 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 one of the people at the prison said to him, "Yeah, but you didn't tell the truth." And it's this, it's this, it's this parable that's really highly interested in that tension, and the just the way that we kind of are constantly kind of spinning situations for ourselves and 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 scheming that human nature and desire for that um it's all i do <laughs> but it, it is so i did eat lunch i didn't say i ate lunch at mcdonald's <laughs> but i did eat lunch <laughs> um but it really like it reminds me of these like really well constructed short stories um you know mm. like like the, the way that a, a really good short story just hits so good and right. like has that kind of like almost fable parable kind of nature to it and, and i just loved a hero a hero amazon prime amazon prime so it's already locked and loaded you can check it out yeah. now yeah unlike some other movies on our list here yeah so yeah number seven heck yeah Number seven, you know, I was playing with this one for like every time. Every one of these movies were really like, you know, this one, uh, this one kind of fell through the ranks. So this one kind of grew on me a bit. Um, I'm just cut, coming right out with it. I'm going the Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Uh, I made a comeback by Jane this Campion. This one had slipped for a while. This was my number ten, floating with number eleven for a while, and it made a comeback. Wow, comeback. yeah, Power of the Dog, really. Last minute, just coming out. Last, truly, the power of the dog is ferocious, and um, I don't know. It, it's one of it's. I I I have a criteria here, which is kind of in order of how much I'd like to revisit each film. Yeah, and not necessarily my favorite, or because that changes by the day, um, or what I think is the best movie of the year, but just like. When I'm looking at all these, how much do I immediately want to just rewatch it again? Mm. You know, and that's why Spencer climbed my list a little bit too, even though initially I wasn't crazy about mm-hmm. it because I'm like, I feel like there's more going on there that I need to yeah sink my teeth into. Yeah. And so the power of the dog, especially, not to reveal any spoilers, but I think it will reward 
a second and third viewing. Yeah. Now that you know the the scope of the story. Yeah. And you can kind of look at what it's doing. Yeah, in, not just you know. the trajectory, but I do think even just what the movie is about. Uh, right, y- right. Because y- it's not yeah. a big sprawling western. It's a pretty narrowly focused like psychological thriller in a lot of ways. Right, and that's part of why I'm I'm why why like my initial disappointment in it was based off of expectations yeah. on the trailer where it's like sure. oh my god this is that there will be blood too with yeah. Ben Cumberbatch yeah. you know yeah. and it, it's a much slower burn it's a much uh, sneakier film mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and definitely just obviously one of the best looking movies oh, yeah. of the I just keep like in my brain keeps going back to that like drone shot of uh, what's his name Clemens yeah Justin and Clemens. Dunce and it's like oh, just circling man. them like when when God. they're like together and they have this like cathartic moment together it's beautiful yeah i'm watching man. i'm like all right i'm feeling i'm man. feeling man. um so yeah i mean putting a western but shooting it in new zealand yeah you're like yep yeah. this works yeah i don't know why but it does yeah so and climbed up there and power of the dog is on and available on netflix <laughs> yeah i was gonna say available on netflix and kind of an awards front runner right now um, for best picture, Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. as a lead. Yeah, um, and I think Kirsten is is in is in talks. For yeah, and supporting. another just like incredible Johnny Greenwood score. This is the, the like movie score of the of the year for me. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so Power of the Dog for me, this is like my going to be my biggest regret that this dropped out of my top ten. Uh, wow, and that is like purely emotional. Wow, um, of that, I I will I will say like the first as I'm watching it, the actual plot. Yeah, I I was like, eh, as we're going through it, like I I, I don't know. If, are we doing an episode on this? Probably not. Oh no, we've been promising an episode on Power of the Dog for like months. Okay, then I'll save it. I'll save the and I and I honestly work. I'm interested in almost like rewatching it in prep for that episode. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, so uh, all right, what's your seven? My number seven, and this is this is a real this this was in my top ten for a long time since I've seen it basically. So this this kind of bounced around. I know what this one is. Um, do you? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. It's the last duel. Gosh, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I called oh, it. Man, <laughs> I was like, I know this is making an appearance, and based on the way you're talking, I, there it is. I, I love the last duel. It's beautiful it's a beautiful movie and for me the biggest thing that this has going for it is my nostalgia for movies like this like this is this kind of mid to even bigger budget like swords and shield like adult drama this is a movie movie this is a movie movie i mean it it, and it's you know it's no surprise that should be um, a podcast like phrase or like slogan it's a movie movie (laughs) It's it's no That's surprise that this is by the director who made Gladiator, right? Like, I mean, and and Gladiator is one of those quintessential twenty first century movies, um, right? And and in this long tradition of big epics and uh, well, in case people haven't seen or heard, yeah. who's in it? Who directed? Yeah, it? so this is Ridley Scott, written by 
uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, who are both in in the film, uh, their first screenplay together since Goodwill Hunting. Uh, and I wow. don't know why these guys are not getting more attention for their screenplay because I think it's really I think it's really great and and it's an adaptation. Yeah, the quiet quiet release unfortunately i know i know this really because of covid yeah this really got dragged in terms of theater theatrical only for a long time and not available and um omicron was striking yeah um but like they adapted this from a book and i just think really well done adaptation adam driver is also in it um and jody comer is the the female lead and she's she's really good um and it's just kind of this story of, uh, of you know, it, kind of this Rashomon approach to, you know, different perspectives on a single event that's an assault. Um, and these, 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 you know, kind of men telling their stories. And then Jodie Comer is this woman in the middle of it and, and her version of the truth, which I think the movie presents as the truth. Um, and, right. and, and it's interesting as I'm looking at kind of my movies, there's this common theme with this and a hero. And even in Nightmare Alley, there is this interrogation of what truth is and mm-hmm. our own our own representation of truth. Right. And in Nightmare Alley, Bradley Cooper is a becomes a mentalist, basically, who is playing with what is true and what he knows and how he's presenting himself. And a hero is this kind of unraveling of of that. And then the last duel is like that in full force. I mean, literally, it's, it's right. testimony uh, uh, of this kind of court uh, setting, basically, that ends in a duel to the death. Um, and right. I don't know. You, you watched it. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. I the reason it slipped out of my list was I just don't want to rewatch it anytime soon. No, yeah, yeah. Because as, like, you know, uh, like, exciting and, like, edge of your seat movie making it is, it's also very dark, yeah. very heavy. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I am I am no um, stranger to darkness in movies, yeah. but this one especially, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's not one you want to jump right back into. And I was telling Sarah today, I was like, you know, it's just a very blue movie. Yeah. And I feel cold when I think about it. Yeah. So I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. It's and it's funny too, because the the ending is I mean, it does end with this big duel. That's right there in the title. And right. it delivers on Lives that up to its name. I mean, in every way. And it's gruesome. 100%. But the duel feels like this release. And you're like, yes, Yeah, the duel's the best part. You're like, this thank is awesome. God. We're out of all yeah. of this terrible dark stuff, but like we're still in this violence and it's, it's really interesting the way that he gets you to that place. It's, it's great. So last duel, that's my yeah. number seven, number seven, you're six. Nice. Six. Okay. So this one, who knows, because I watched it in a less than savory fashion. Okay. Savory. This movie's not available ah. in, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> available for us Americans to watch. And so I had to, um, I had to, it, it fell off the back of a truck and I had to <laughs> pop that scratched up DVD in and it was a little, little sketch fest. So, uh, but I'm going with the worst person in the world yeah, here yeah. in number six. Yeah, great movie. Um, great movie. If you liked Lady Bird, you'll love mm, this. Yeah. It, it's what, I, what, uh, country of origin is this? It's, it's the Swedish Lady Bird, if you will. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I get that. Yeah. And and Lady Bird is about a high school student that's a young adult, a girl who who's like in her late twenties. Um, right. This is like multiverse Lady Bird, but in her next stage of life. Yes. Uh, this is a Norwegian yeah. film. Yeah. So, and as I was thinking about whether or not going on the, this list, because some people describe it as like kind of a rom com, but with a little bit more depth. But really, the second half of the film yeah. and kind of the the turn that it takes won yeah. me over. And um, I don't know if we'll talk about this one on an episode, and I don't want to talk about it too much because I'm sure very few people have seen it yeah. that are listening right now. But uh, there are just some moments and some scenes in the last 30 minutes that won me over from like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's me right there talking. Uh, I, <laughs> These are the yeah. fears that I deal with in life. Oh, my gosh. They're, that monologue like, in particular, there's a, I, I mean, this is no spoilers, but there's a monologue about the – kind of human impulse to collect physical things and right. in in a culture in a world that is increasingly less physical and more digital and like the death of that stuff yeah and we are of this kind of particular unique generation of being able to remember and even participate in the collecting of physical objects and right. to watch that vanish um like the for me personally, like Amoeba Records yeah. in Berkeley, California is like one of my favorite yeah. places in the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, up until two years ago, our hometown had yeah. multiple record stores that yeah. also had used DVDs and Blu-rays and CDs. And again, my that's where I lived in high school. Yeah. And those are all closed down. Yeah. Those are gone. And it feels like it's kind of just a matter of time until something like Amoeba or or even other ones I used to go to, like Rasputin Records and these other places are, I think, gone or on their way out. Yep. But it it's 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 scary. It's sad because I love those places, but it's scary just because of this, what it feels like it's a sign of things are going in general. Oh, totally. Uh... And... And, you know, I was thinking about, like, you, when we're recording it this week, there's this whole Spotify controversy going on right now with, mm-hmm. like, artists removing their stuff and blah, blah, blah. But just thinking about digital music in general, I'm like, man, in high school, if someone asked me some of the bands that I like, do I could name, like, 30 yeah. bands on my head? If you asked me now, I couldn't tell you one. I know. Because it, it's like the, the t- a, a digital space for music to live is is so amorphous that i i don't feel like i'm even into music anymore yeah you know and, and just being robbed of like going to a physical place and talking to someone that works at a place or having a friend hand you a thing like i remember in middle school getting handed a cd for the first time a burned cd yeah. and like holy crap yeah. like the discovery yeah is so unique and so fulfilling and i just can't imagine it's the same as getting sent a link to, that I'm never you know, gonna click on. <laughs> that you'll never click on, but any, and even if you do, it's like great. I can like add that to my library. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. I'll later. Yeah. You know. So anyway, some some of the themes and and kind of approach to this certain phase of life um, was hitting home. Yeah. And like it does some more interesting things than um, I don't know typically movies in yeah. this genre yeah. do. No, it's great. It's a great movie. I love this one. Um, and, Super funny too, you know. And this is again worst person in the world. This is one to kind of keep on your radar. It'll be available at some point in the future. 
um, more widely yeah. than, yeah. than it is now. Uh, my number six is this. This movie was my most pleasant surprise of the entire year, um, and this was the Netflix original western, "The Harder They Fall." Mm. Um, I kind of went into it. I didn't know anything about it. I knew Idris Elba was in it. I like Idris. Jonathan Majors is the lead. I think he's amazing in everything. And Regina King is in it. So, like, the cast is incredible. Um, And I was blown away. I was blown away by this movie. I mean, you remember when I first saw it. I was like... Yeah. You're like, we need to do a pot on this. And it has got so much style. But I don't think it's just style. I think there is some real substance to this. There's this really great narrative thematic thrust about again about about truth about identity about the the what we know about family and uh, like just there is such a boldness to this movie um mm. and a confidence of this filmmaker who is this is his debut as a filmmaker this is james samuel um and you know very much in, in kind of music production and music videos and that kind of thing but in terms of big major motion picture this is his first and it's an incredibly confident debut it's it's a violent western so you know there's your uh, disclaimer but it's so much fun and really blew me away so the heart of they fall it's on netflix right now why, why do you think this didn't get as much mainstream attention i don't know and it was like because it feels like it checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, and it was just kind of... Maybe it's one too many cowboy movies for Idris Elba in a year. It, yeah, it, that's possible. I mean, the Netflix piece of it, too, of just like, I, I don't... It's there for you. Yeah, I don't know that Netflix knows how to... I mean, right, Don't Look Up is a Netflix movie that is like the most watched Netflix movie ever. So they know how to get a movie out there in front of people, but... Something like this is a little bit of a harder sell. It's a genre thing with basically an all-black cast. Okay, you know, that's a bit of a harder sell. It shouldn't be. Um, Right. And and also, like, like critically... Like, when when they're properly motivated, which they want... Yeah. Don't look up to be in that Oscar conversation right now. Yeah, yeah. They're going to make sure... Look, it's number one trending again. Yeah, and I just... I don't know why... uh, um, the harder they fall isn't. I mean, Jonathan Majors is so good in this movie. Idris Elba is so good in this movie. The, the, uh, the, just the art direction. Everything is so great, and I don't know why. It, it critically, it was kind of like mixed positive, but not like rave reviews and not shining. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, it blew me away. But I'm also like, I can see the direct influence from other filmmakers that i love and yeah i also get that if that's not your thing how this could be a grading movie but I, for me but i'm like, like if you're a quentin guy you'll like this. yeah but, yeah absolutely and i'm like um for me it's like you've really gotta you have got to nail every aspect of of your movie if it's a western for me to like it because i'm like Western's not my thing. And mm. this was just like 
everything I want a Western to be, which was like fun <laughs> and propulsive. Right. Um, right. And it's the anti cry macho. A hundred percent. And, <laughs> and like the cast is perfect and Regina King is in it and she's amazing. She is put her in everything. She's incredible. So the harder they fall. I don't know. Heck people yeah. should watch this movie. Ugh. <laughs> you should, you it. should watch it. I know I haven't. No. That's another one. So many of your lists I've not seen. Yeah. Um, all right. What are we at? Number, Number five? five. This one grew and grew and grew. This one grew on me. Okay. It's the Green Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> like the slow green death that we all succumb to. This one grew on me. Yeah. Um, it, it was just... You know, I love a big swing. Oh, and is there a bigger swing this year? <laughs> is there a bigger swing this year? I don't think so. You might argue Dune, but I don't think so. I, I'm 100% Dune, with it, you that, like, Dune and Green Knight, yeah. that's a... It's like Dune know, knows that it's not going to really offend. Yeah. You know, Green Knight, it's a bigger swing because it's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Green Knight is crazy. <laughs> it's Green Knight is crazy. And I get why a lot of people didn't vibe with it. It's very strange. It's not your typical uh, medieval Knights of the Round Table adventure. But uh, it, it, I just had too much fun with it. And I had too much fun with our conversations around it. Yeah. And I think it was uh, maybe the first, if not the second after Pig movie that I saw in, in theaters. theaters. Yeah. It's like since, since COVID. Yeah. So yeah. It, was just, uh, it was just a heck yeah on all fronts. Man. Yeah, Green Knight is my number two movie. Uh, wow, yeah. number two. This was okay. We stand the Green Knight. Yeah, gr- this is not on a lot of people's top tens I, this year, and I don't understand it. I think Dev Patel is incredible, and he carries this movie. And Dev Patel needs to be in more movies. I, yeah, that's what I think. I, I, that's what this podcaster. I hundred percent agree. <laughs> what else does this guy do? Slumdog Millionaires. <laughs> when, when was that? I know it was forever. Two thousand eight. <laughs> oh my god. I know. I know. Oh god. Uh, the last Airbender. I, Damn. I know. No. I know. Um, and he he did some TV shows too. Uh, but he is so he carries this movie. And yeah, this was a monster. This is my number two. This was my number one movie of the year for basically the entire year until uh, my number one came out. And for me, I'm 100% with you. This felt like the biggest swing, the most kind of unique and innovative vision of any film this year. And and you could say that Mm. of Dune, but you you cannot say that of Dune because it's an adaptation that – Denise's vision is so incredible, but it's ultimately it is based on something. And so I have to. It's adapted. And I I understand the Green Knight is adapted as well from this weird medieval story, but like. I guess. You know, like. It's like adapting a story from the Bible or something. (laughs) Like, it, it requires so much vision, so much. I mean, and and he knows. David Lowry, the director, knows what he wanted to do and. And yeah, I, aren't you just thankful that it, it got made? Uh, I 100%. It's extraordinary to look at. Yeah. Like, it's a beautiful movie. I'm excited to go back like and watch the, it. I just can't. I, I can't picture the circumstances where a thing like this gets like, like with the yeah. state of movies, what's getting made, what's getting funded. 
it's like, all right, this original story that is is a slow burn, really, yeah. in a lot of ways, has no actual fighting in it. I when I saw it, I saw it in a theater with six people, and two of those people separately from each other walked out before the end of the movie. I had walkouts too. Yeah. Which, it's one of those like all right lisa listed some reaction it's like aesthetically like perfect the the use of yeah. the title cards throughout like yeah it's like what the last duel doesn't give me yeah this does yeah in that put like, these together and i'm good i'm good i'm happy yeah you're a happy guy yeah but um well you know what's weird about movies in 2021 let me see here there are one, two, three, four, five movies on my list that chose to do the chapter, like, serialized. Actually, maybe more, like, a uh, way to break up the film, like chapter one really? or, like, prologue. Oh, yeah. Worst yeah. person in the world. Worst person in the world, Power, Power of the, the Dog, dog the, green, the Green Knight, yep. Pig. Yep. Pig did that? Pig does that. Yeah, I, I just rewatched it like chapter one, the the salted baguette. That's or right. Whatever, that's right. You know? that, and another movie on my well, list and, that's and, coming later. And the fr- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but isn't that strange? Yeah, I, I that's unique. What what's going on with that? Uh, Maybe they're trying to make it palatable for people. No, I think there is. I read this. I read a letterbox review of the worst person in the world, and it was something like, I've been saying this for years. It doesn't matter how long your movie is. If you put it in chapters format, I will watch no matter what, because it'll just feel like a Netflix mm. binge. Like, it's... No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, no, I, I wonder if people are doing that to keep people like, all right, just, you're yes, almost there. Yes. I. It's like a hold your hand to get you to the end. 100%. I think it is this, you know... Uh, just, I mean, because I think the harder they fall does a version of that too. Um, but yeah, just to kind of get you through the next twenty minutes. <laughs> like, listen, buddy, we know your phone is right there. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And what's brutal about the worst person in the world is that the prologue is really long. I know. So you're like, oh my god. How long is <laughs> I know. And then some of the chapters like are like chapters. Some of the chapters are like two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but all right, cool. Green Knight number five. What do you got? My, rocking at my five. My number five is Paul Schrader's The Card Counter, oh starring boy. Oscar all Isaac, right. and this again. Willem Dafoe shows up here. The King. Yeah. This is in fact my number four. Your number four. Right on. Um, you just kind of recently watched this, so tell us why you love this so much. I, I just watched this on the couch with my headphones in on my laptop while Sarah watched <laughs> something, <laughs> so a British show. Oh, maybe it was it was Der, Derby Derby oh, Girls, Derby Girls, Dairy sure. Girls. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, this is my movie. This is my <laughs> type of movie. <laughs> And I think it might have almost been better with headphones in because the soundtrack is so, baller. It's so good. It's mainly it's just so someone good. breathing, like like COVID breathing, like they can't. Breathe. And then like, and that's the soundtrack. Crazy, like twisted flashbacks of with just like this heavy metal, like <laughs> insane shot with a three sixty camera. Yeah, like, I know. I'm it's, losing my mind. It's wild. <laughs> so this is about a uh, Iraq War veteran, and not just Iraq War veteran, but this guy, the guy in the movie was in Abu Ghraib 
prison and participated to some degree in, in torture. Um, he spent some time in prison for that, I believe, and kind of was a fall guy um, for that. Right, for, for a story breaking yeah. of especially heinous yeah. like methods. Yeah, and none of the, basically none of the superiors, they were all like basically promoted and now have sweet gigs in retirement. And he went to prison and now... The ones who taught him how to, how to do this yeah, stuff. Yeah, and told him to do yeah. it. And now he lives this kind of sad sack life. Not sad sack, but just like this kind of very hyper-minimalist gambler card counting, you know, blackjack player and poker player. Um, like pushed down yep. everything yes. he feels. Yes. Hyper-controlled. Stoked. It's the like, he goes into hotel rooms and what does he do with like sheets and stuff? He he brings his own set of sheets. It was, I, th- I think a part of it is he, he speaks to the rhythms of prison yes. being like, what his brain can handle yeah. is like I do the same thing every day yep. and I'm cool with that and so now he does the same thing every day on the outside but even when he goes to somewhere he's staying he covers all the furniture in the same gray sheets yep. so it's all like yep. the same yeah 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 and 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 you know the the plot is this kind of him reckoning with these figures who emerge from his past and you know he mentors this young man and it is it's a it's very strange yeah it's a weird it the whole feeling of the movie is like to me yes, to me that's what it meant is. to almost put you off balance yeah There's, and paul schrader famously the writer of taxi driver yeah. and more recently first reformed did he direct he and directed wrote and wrote uh first reformed yeah Okay, so the 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 meme is that he just writes the same story and over and over with it with the guy having a different job. Yeah, but you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, no, and all three of those are great movies. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. the guy knows what he's doing. It's it's this is a weird one, but I just connected with this deeply. Uh, of yeah, I, uh, I and I just I don't know. I what I love about Paul Schrader, especially these. The last two, the card counter and and first reformed, mm. there is this in in both of these characters. Obviously, this there there's kind of like diary journal entry, you know, narration. But mm-hmm. both these characters are doing a lot of self reflective interrogation of um, both kind of modern culture and modern masculinity. I think. And, mm. and I think Paul Schrader is like obviously very interested in those things, um, right? Like, you know, this is a this is a, a, a war veteran who is you know repressed everything inside of him, and he is like reckoning with what what does it mean to be a person? What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a, a mentor? Right. And and similarly with First Reformed, I think so much of that is this man looking to take responsibility but he wants to take responsibility Mm. for like the climate crisis and the guilt that he has with that and those are not like they're like specifically kind of male oriented stories but not what is typically out there he he is i was gonna say first reformed is uh is good don't look up yeah no i i yeah i kind of agree but i i just think like he is really interested in uh, telling these stories about kind of these male figures and bringing them to this like, kind of hyper vulnerable place, and and right. I wouldn't say that that's true of Taxi Driver. 
Um, I think that's something he's gotten to late in career. That's a spiraling psychosis. Yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. Thing. Uh, but these are two like very vulnerable central characters that open themselves up and 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 are also looking for people to open themselves up to in a lot of ways. I'm just, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible um, writing and storytelling. Yeah. My review says, imagine having a clean desk, notebook, pen, and a dream. No cell phone in sight. The dream. Yeah. yeah. It's a good movie. As you cope with your murderous past. Um, yeah, and that is available for rent yeah. from basically everywhere yeah. for like six bucks. Yeah. Okay. And very much worth it, I feel. Because uh, yeah. it's top top four yeah. for and me. Top I mean, five definitely some content warnings on the, the depiction of torture in prison in Iraq and and that um it's it is not pleasant i mean and, and there's no like i said this is so my movie <laughs> and, and what i appreciate about it is there is no glorying in those things they are depicted right as, right. as shabby the, and dirty as possible for some reason this the tone of this movie just checks my boxes yeah it doesn't glorify it but it acknowledges mm-hmm. the darkness that's in the room. And almost the response it, is it, this kind of austere minimalism, right? Like I've seen right, the darkness right. of the world and my response is to put He's away si- everything. Yeah, it's like I'm going to sit at my desk with a clean sheet yeah. while the rest of the room is like kind of lynchy and yeah. weirdly lit, scary yeah. and dark. Yeah. And I'm just going to sit with it and try to find some catharsis. Yeah. All right, that's, number, yeah. number, that's my number five. Your number four is... The card counter is the card yeah, counter. So, so you're up for so four. So my number four is the French Dispatch. Wes Anderson. Oh boy, we have the same number three. We have the same number one. <laughs> I know this. The French Dispatch is, in fact, my number two. Very nice. Yes. Uh, and you have not rewatched this, I assume, since I have not rewatched it. Yeah. But man, what a treat for me that I get to rewatch I know. it at some point. I know. I, I just it's available on digital. Uh, it was like kind of on sale on iTunes last week, and I got it, and I'm very glad I did. Um, Gosh, you sneaky with those deals. Yeah, this is to me. This is like you used the expression earlier of um, Spencer about Spencer is like this espresso version of the Diana biopic, and to me, right. that's how I feel uh, about the French Dispatch with like everything that Wes Anderson is. Yeah, but it's like tennis. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it's it's like the quad shot of Wes Anderson yeah. espresso. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> He's just like, yes, I'm a master. Yes, I'll allow you to watch me just conduct for two hours. Just sit down and enjoy, please. Every a visual feast that yeah. that, that like nothing can touch. Yeah, speaking of digital digital or. Visual feast. Speaking of visual feast, this this movie. I mean, and we've we've discussed stupid. this. We have an episode on this, but we've discussed like the the incredible work of designers and artists in this movie. That is like they spent you know hours, days on pieces of art that are in seconds of the movie, right? Like, I I followed a film designer for this movie, and she said the map of Kansas took so goddamn long, and it's literally in like two shots. It's uh, yeah, and it's that attention to detail, and and again, I I mean, we talked about this on the podcast, so we don't need to kind of drag this one out, but we loved this movie, and and I think I think it's Wes so 
so distilled into all of the espresso shots of Wes Anderson, but also like really bringing like a an emotional heart to it as well. And because right. and it's like a light, it, it, there's a lightness to it. There is this hopeful uplift to it. Yeah, the the main thing I feel watching it is just the power of Wes. Yeah, he is yeah. in full control. Like we we watched that YouTube video essay where a person put a metronome to the scenes. Oh, and yeah. it's like people's wow. blinking. Yeah, people's blinking is in rhythm with a metronome. That like yeah, he puts it to these scenes. It's like the rhythms, people talking, blinking, camera cuts. There's such a poetic rhythm, and you're like. Really, there's no way he planned all this, yeah. but it, it I, I just can't. I have no other word for it other than astoundingly masterful. Yeah, no, he's he like, is in charge to the point where it's almost distracting. Uh, Actually, it's very distracting. That's why I'm excited to rewatch it. I haven't rewatched it yet, but I'm, I'm yeah. really excited to. You're like, slow down. Let me enjoy yeah. the thing you made. Yeah, yeah. No, French Dispatch. It's awesome. Can't um, can't say enough good things. All right. Since we have the same, uh, tell us what our number three is, mine and yours. Our number three is, in fact, the 2021, <laughs> not 1980-something David Lynch, but the 2001 film adaptation of Dune. Dune. Denis Villeneuve. Dune, Dune, we Dune. We had to do it Dune. Dune, 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 Dune. Go see Dune. We love Dune. It wouldn't be on this list if Shyamalan didn't have that so many meme <laughs> moments leading up. Uh, if he wasn't in the discourse with it, and second Timothy Chalamet on the on the list too. Second Oscar Isaac. Yes. Oh man, I know our guys be showing up know, this year. I know, man. Ah, uh, just what a what a movie. What an achievement. To me, this is like has the highest degree of difficulty and succeeds in every way and highest degree of stakes oh yeah yeah especially for him because his last movie did not do well what blade runner 2049 yeah because i mean from what i heard is that cost a lot of money and didn't really make it up yeah yeah and people it was a great movie people love that movie and i think i and i love it a lot um yeah me too but it did not do commercially was not as successful um, right. Yeah. Like if he was going to be trusted again with something yeah. of this magnitude, this had to do well. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's weirdness and like pandemic and box office stuff, but like Dune was the thing people talked about for a month. Like yeah. This this was it. Um and 100%. I and I don't know. It's it's like back out there to rent on demand or whatever. It'll probably be on HBO pretty soon. It's so good. It's this is like this is kind of what sci-fi. This is like the best of it, but the best of. You said it best when you compared it to seeing Lord of the Rings yeah, in theaters yeah. back in the day, where it's like, oh, we're in this new world that is just fun, yep. and is well made, yep. and fertile, fertile ground like for just playing in this. Like it's yeah, yeah. Um, and there's not an ounce of like self-ironic. No fourth wall, like oh, we're superheroes. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just sincere. It's earnest. It's earnest storytelling. I love it. Yeah, yeah. and high appreciation for the the material. Yep. But to the point where I saw it in theaters, and after after having saw it at home, I was like, all right, let's go see it on the screen. Yeah, baby. yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So that's our number three. Like I said, uh, uh, well, why don't you tell us your number two? Well, my number two is oh, French, French Dispatch. Oh, your number so. two is French Dispatch. My number two is The Green Knight, which we, we have discussed. And uh, okay. our number one. Reveal our number one. It's you no surprise at this point. Our number one movie of the year, Licorice Pizza. It's the best movie of the year. It that's that's simply put. Yeah, that's I I on my letterbox uh, top ten list. I did just a quick little one sentence blurb for each of these, and for this I just wrote simply the best of the year. That's that's simply the best. <laughs> talking about I don't know what else to say. We did a whole podcast talking about it. Wes Anderson being in charge. This is PTA in charge, and it's his vision, and it's and there is joy in it, and I and I am glad. Uh, that in a list of movies that is dark as this top 10 for me at least that it ends with licorice pizza which i do find to be a pretty uplifting and hopeful movie Um, especially for pta yeah oh yeah compared to his other stuff this is like (laughs) incredible um yeah but yeah i i cannot wait to watch this again this is like if it's if we're ranking this sheer on sheer like rewatchability, I cannot wait to watch this movie again. It looks so good. It's so funny. Yep. It's so fun to watch. I the know. performances are unreal. It doesn't miss a beat. I know. Truly. Yeah. Soundtrack is baller. Some yep. needle drops that just we've been listening to the soundtrack at home. Oh, it's so good. This is a movie, baby. I know. I know. <laughs> and I will say, like my experience of seeing it. Like for, yeah, this is my first movie by myself in a theater. Yeah, and it was a it was an utter joy. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you one of my first movies that I remember distinctly seeing by myself in a movie theater was one of the Hobbit movies, and that sucked. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew seconds into the first Hobbit, I was like, these aren't for me. <laughs> and uh, I know it. And it feels good to know it, and it feels good not to have to be like hyped for I the know, trailer know, for the second one. <laughs> I, I I had a moment in college of like, wait, <laughs> everyone's into this. <laughs> Still, uh, yeah, they saw the first one was like, more of this, please. <laughs> I really do want the Guillermo del Toro version of that, but whatever. Uh, was that a thing? Yeah, well, yeah, he was going to direct all three, and then he dropped oh, out, and it was Peter Jackson. Um, or he wasn't going to do all three because it wasn't Eight. three, and it became three after Jackson took over. Um, anyways, we love licorice pizza. What more is there to say? We just did a podcast episode on this. Go check that out. Um, it's not, it's still in theaters. It's not on VOD yet. It'll be out there pretty soon. If you're lucky, it's in theaters near you. I know, I know. Um, but again, I mean, this is getting awards attention. It really, this is pretty much a lock in terms of those major categories. It it might not win. There's a lot of buzz around Belfast. Isn't that funny? Belfast is not on either of our top 10. You you haven't seen Belfast, have you? (laughs) I don't want to watch Belfast. (laughs) I can tell how bored I'll be already. You know, if it wins Best Picture, you have to see it. (laughs) That's Oscar bait movie. Uh, I watched it. I think it's fine. That's like Roma Light. It, it, yeah, yeah, that's pretty perfect summary of it. Roma Light. Is that crazy that I can have a perfect summary of it and having having not seen it? Yeah, but you know, there's some fun moments. You can, you know, they're at great performances. You know, whatever. Uh, hey, there's fun moments in Space Jam too. Just this weirdly aggressive hatred for <laughs> like a totally reasonable movie. Okay. Um, this, all right. This, we, this, we how, this is how I want to end it. I want to do some couple honorary mentions, 
and, and I don't really actually have any at this point because my four honorary mentions are four movies on your list. The Power of the Dog, oh, well, there you Pig, go. The Worst Person in the World, Come On, Come On. Um, so I'm going to do honorary mentions and then I'm going to give space any movies that you haven't caught yet that are on your list of like haven't watched it, could have been in my top ten maybe. This is what I want to see. Right. Yeah. Let's do those first. Okay. I think that we're both pretty confident that uh, Drive My Car would maybe be on our yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like it's going to be a pretty great movie. Have you have you heard um, about this movie? Have you heard when the title card shows up in this like three and a half hour yeah, long movie? Yeah, that's it. Made me want to watch it so much more. I, I, I got to tell you, I was like, I was like, oh, this is a perfect movie, and I haven't even seen it. <laughs> you, hear, you, you hear one detail. About it. <laughs> <laughs> the title court apparently drops 40 minutes into in. a three-hour movie <laughs> I'm like, I'm like yes and you're like hell yeah hell yeah did, why that is such a did you baller see, move did you see that it was like like screw you guys here it is i saw this tweet somebody posted when the title card drops 40 minutes into drive my car and it's just this shot of guillermo del toro saying i believe in cinema <laughs> oh yeah that's i saw that too that's what informed me. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. <clears throat> okay, sorry. All right, some some honoraries. No, no. So other are there any others you haven't seen that you want to? Oh oh oh. Oh my gosh. Here you name them. They're probably the same. Yeah, I. Uh, same. Well, I. So I have not seen um, Drive My Car, um, which is just a Japanese movie that's just like not available anywhere. Um, right. And I have not seen West Side Story. Um, the Steven Spielberg adaptation, and I know that's kind of not your thing, Mitchell. Not my bag. Not my bag. Yeah, not your bag. And then I do really want to see Parallel Mothers, the Pedro Almodovar movie with Penelope Cruz. Mm. Um, right. So th- those are kind of the three that I think that just I've heard great things about that I just haven't, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. gotten a chance to see. Yeah, I think some of mine um, I haven't seen. But I, I don't know how far they'd be on my list, but I still want to yeah, see yeah, yeah, this yeah. year. Which is King Richard. Yeah. I scoop that oh, up I saw that. When it was on, when it was on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, House of Gucci, I did not see. House of Gucci is a big honorable mention for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and I'll, you can speak more to that when we do those. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't see Red Rocket. A lot of people are talking about yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then Bergman Island. Uh, is making the rounds I a little know. bit. It's it's one of those where I was like initially not interested, and now I'm like maybe I maybe I should. Yeah, but it's streaming now on something. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Hulu. Yep. Yeah. No, I and honorary I want to see mentions? those as well. Yeah. So honorary mentions, I gave you kind of those, but my other big one, and I'll include King Richard on here too. I love the Will Smith performance. He's so good. I have a lot of like '90s nostalgia for the Williams sisters. Like, I just feel like they've been, right. I, I can't name another sports figure who has just been basically doing professional sports and present in culture for as long as I've mm. almost been alive. Like the, like Venus right. and Serena, like, and they're still doing it. And I like, you know, my first memories of culture is like the Williams sisters and, you know, Venus's white beaded hair. <laughs> Right, uh, right, totally. Yeah. So, uh, King Richard, and then House of Gucci is bonkers. It's crazy. I love the Lady Gaga performance at the middle of it, but it's 
The Last Duel is the Ridley Scott movie of the year I prefer. But again, Ridley Scott made brought us two crazy movies this year. What a, what a, right. what a guy. Did you have any others? No, that's it. Okay, honorary mentions for me. We did a podcast on it, Tragedy Macbeth. Didn't quite uh, make the list, sure. but still yeah, that's a good one. very much worth your time. And then uh, Coda, which again we talked about. Mm-hmm. We did a podcast on. Mm-hmm. Super good. Just, just not quite it. And then a recent one that I watched was The Killing of Two Lovers, which I think came out in 2021. Yes. Which was also very good and is streaming, I think, on Hulu. Yes. Um, so go check that. And that one's short, which is really nice. Yeah. That one's like a, a hot, like, Yeah, it's minutes. really nice how short that was. But it, I, I mean that in, like, a positive way. Um, you know what? I do have a couple of others uh, of honorable mentions. I don't know what I'm saying. Like, it was a super fun year. <laughs> I know. I thought you would have, like, a crazy list. <laughs> oh, geez. Um... So, yeah, you said Tragic Macbeth. I'm going to say um, I really like No Time to Die, the James Wan movie. That was, like, just mm, big I did not blockbuster fun. Um, and then I have a couple of um, documentaries that I wanted to. I knew you would. Do you have any documentaries? The Ret- uh Just Summer of Soul. Yeah, Summer of Soul, for sure. Um, and I would say the rescue, which is, um, on Disney plus it's the, the, about the, uh, the boys that were trapped in the cave in, um, uh, the soccer team uh, of boys that were trapped in that cave in, uh, I want to say Thailand, um, and their, their rescue and chronicles. I mean, it's amazing. And then, uh, the Beatles get back, um, which Mm. I, you know, it's, that that last two hours of that was like some of the most fun I had watching a movie this year. I don't know how to, I mean, right. it's eight hours. I don't know how to, if it's called a movie, but it's there for us to enjoy and feast upon. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. My last one. Listening um, to Kenny G. That was a great documentary. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that. Um, my last honorary mention i gotta hit Tatan. i have to you know i have to <laughs> no no we saw I this together this at movie. tower and yeah i uh, there's no way i'm recommending it i can't in good faith recommend this movie mm-hmm. but uh just for being the most deranged yep. roller coaster ride of a film i've seen in recent memory just for sparking that insanity uh i I got to at least mention it. Yeah, I guess. I guess. And so, <laughs> oh my gosh. so I'll bring it up. Tatan, go watch Tatan if you you know want to be really weirded out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a weird movie. And potentially scarred. So, Boy, you know what? I got to say, I... It, it was a really... It was a good year for movies. Not a, not a incredible year, but... It wasn't 2019. It was not. But it wasn't 2020. 2020. I was thinking back to 2020, and I'm like, oh, gosh, we didn't do this last year. Obviously, we just started the podcast, but I don't think I could have come up with 10 movies for 2020. We had nothing. We had nothing. Um, Another round was good. We don't need to do it now, but. I do love that movie. But, yeah. You know, Mads. Um, but, yeah, I just, I think this this was really like, okay, we're back in it. Movies are here. Movies are great. Um, there's some, like, all-timers here. It's like. Um, there's there's some movie movies. That's right. We got the movie movies. Um, what are we doing next week on the podcast, Mitchell? What 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 do you think people would want to listen to? 
Sash, what do you want to recommend? Because with Come On, Come On, it's it's like, what, 20 bucks? Yeah. That's why I say Nightmare Alley, because it's on Hulu and HBO Max right now. It's like highly available. Cool. Well, then next week, I think we're going to explore the newly released on HBO Max. And you said Hulu. Yes. For some strange reason, it is available on both services, Hulu and HBO Max. Nightmare Alley. We're going to watch Nightmare Alley, which... Uh, which, which what number was it for you? Again? Number nine, I believe. Number nine. Yeah. So on Matthew's top ten, just now available. I haven't seen it. It's in the conversation. The Oscar talk. The movie stars. It's a movie movie. Del Toro. I'm excited to rewatch it because I might here. not like it. I mean, I'm gonna like it, but it's it's a weird yeah. movie. Um, anyway, we'll get our Del Toro on a little. Yeah, bit. I'm excited to talk about. Del Toro, because he's an interesting filmmaker to me. Um, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, watch Nightmare Alley. It's on HBO Max. In the meantime, follow us on uh, Instagram. Our Instagram has been very active this week. We uh, uh, posted good. all of our Tragedy of Macbeth stills and all that great shots there. Um, and yeah, follow us for... We're, we're taking movie recs on there, Taking too. movie recommendations. We're going to put a poll out for what you, what you all want to hear on the podcast coming up. Um, so follow us on Instagram. What else you got, Mitchell? And hey, if you're feeling generous, write us a review. We haven't write us a review, send a rating. Here, let me put it this way: we haven't had anybody write us review or rating yet this year, 2022. And be the first. Be the first. Be the first review of the year. That'd be pretty cool. So yeah. <laughs> first review of the year gets a movie rental on us. Sure. So you got to screenshot it and send it in. Yeah. And we'll send you yeah. a movie rental. Yeah. We're not going to post that anywhere else. This is it. If you yeah. get to this point in the Just podcast. Screen- yeah. Screenshot it. S- send it in uh, to our DMs and we'll hook you yeah, up. Yeah. That's right. If you're listening. Love this it. Far. Love it. Yeah. Otherwise. That's all. You got. That's all we you got. got. 15 movies to go watch. Enjoy people. <laughs> exactly. All right. Good night, y'all. Bye. Dude, what else does this guy do? Life of Pi?